name is Chris Payton. I'm the lead pastor here at City Life Church. So happy that you're here. Uh, if you're a member with us, if you're new with us, we've got special things for you today. And it's a new Sunday, a fresh day. How many of you guys plan on uh, taking off this this week, Thanksgiving? Anybody going somewhere, traveling? Yeah, yeah. Okay, awesome. We've got family all around. Hopefully you've got some family here. Uh, I wanted to continue to bring this word on wait what, uh, and I was planning on bringing a word, and I got a text from our good friend in our church, Matt Rash, who is a part of our Every Nation churches, thank you, Duan, uh, and we are, if you don't know, we are part of a global movement of churches called Every Nation. We have churches in 80, I think 81 countries right now. It's just amazing. Matt Rash has been in Marseille, France for about nine years and uh, started a church there and beginning from the, from the beginning, bringing people in, making disciples, new converts, everything. And they're now uh, continuing and planning a church in Paris as well. And he is a part of that, doing amazing things. He's been a part of our family for a long time and found out he was here an extra week. And as a church that gives to him and his ministry and what he does, we I, I said, man, can we have uh, an impartation for what you bring? And uh, we'd love to do that. So will you guys give Matt Rash a warm CLC welcome as he comes up? Brings the word. Uh, like I said, testing, testing. You guys get that? Uh, first service, thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much for having me in your midst. Um, I, I, want, I want to bring greetings from my wife, my kids, um, all the way from Marseille. There they are. It's <laughs> holding my breath. Um, yeah, like, like Chris said, we've been there a while, and it's been an exciting experience to see how God moves in your life personally and through you and to bring God's presence to other people's lives. Um, when you take a risk, you know, um, it's, it's, it, it's a big risk, getting your family, moving it to the other side of the world, not knowing anybody. Um, anybody here ever moved overseas? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? I'm talking to the right crowd today. For all y'all who don't know, there's donuts in the lobby, move along. No, I'm joking. I'm actually talking to you. I'm talking to all of us. Um, so that's what our life has been like, you know. We've, we've had a, a crazy experience from uh, ministering in about a dozen different nations in Europe. Uh, we've just, just seen God do so many fun, cool things. But it looks like God's got us in France for the long haul, planting church in France, and then the French-speaking world as the Lord opens that up. Most of that is a Muslim world. Uh, primarily, we'll be focusing on North Africa, Algeria, and Tunisia as God opens doors. Um, so it's been an exciting ride this last season, last April. I believe you guys had Pastor Jim LaFoon come in a week or so ago. And, and uh, Pastor Jim LaFoon gave us a prophetic word last April. It was kind of fun. How many of y'all like getting a, a prophetic word? It's kind of fun. And uh, how many of y'all like getting the ones that are kind of scary? <laughs> I knew we had some weirdos here. So um, <clears throat> Jim, Pastor Jim gave us this word that we would start seeing chain reaction salvations. And I was kind of like, well, who wouldn't say amen to that? You know, of course we want to see that. And if you know anything about France, you know that it's highly atheistic, agnostic, super secular, humanistic. I mean, people, can I come down here? Yes. I can come down here. I'm a people person. I don't, I, I'll go back and forth. Can you follow me? Yeah. All right, good. As long as you can follow me, we'll, we'll go somewhere. I promise you'll be happy because God's going to bring some breakthroughs in this house this morning. How many of y'all want a breakthrough? Yes. Yeah, God's going to do some cool stuff. That's when I start, I start doing this, like I'm hungry or something. <laughs> when I get all, I feel the presence of God about to do something. Uh, look like one of my kids getting ready to come to the table. <laughs> uh, anyways. I really sense God's going to do something here today. Um, I want to share that testimony about the chain reaction salvation, but I'm afraid I'm going to forget something. So the word that the Lord dropped in my spirit about a week and a half ago was I saw the earth and I, was, I saw it in between the sun and, and the planets and so forth. And as I was worshiping and praying, the Lord just gave me this thing. He reminded me of that scientific fact that if, this, if the earth was one degree closer to the sun, we'd all burn up. And if the earth was one degree further away from the sun, we'd all freeze to death. And, and the Lord said, it's like that with breakthrough. 
in our lives. Many of us are sitting here today one degree away from everything changing. And there are some of you who are sitting here today that you need that change yesterday. You need your job yesterday. You need your spouse yesterday. <laughs> some of y'all more so than the others, but... But, but there's something that's got to shake. Something's got to bake. And, and, and the Lord began to just reveal to me that it's like that. Sometimes it's not even like a spiritual thing that happens. It's like a change of perspective. And you look at something different and go, oh, that. And it opens the floodgates in our lives. Sometimes it's, it's, it's just little nuances. And I was thinking about driving down the freeway. And if you just lock your steering wheel in one direction and just go for it, it ain't going to go well eventually. You've got to make adjustments as you go. You've got to kind of feel how things are flowing. That's why this walk with Jesus is not, a, not about just, hey, let's just do the do's and don't the don'ts and get some, some things squared away and everything will be all right. I mean, as we know, God gave us a free will. He gave us the, the power to choose whether we're going to actually be intimate with someone or we're just going to keep a face-to-face -face thing going. Because we can know lots of people and actually not know them. I mean, I don't, that's no revelation. I mean, everybody here knows anything about Facebook. That's my friend. That's my friend. That's my friend. I got lots of friends. But I don't have a lot of brothers. I don't have a lot of true, true friends. We lose the meaning of friend. We lose the meaning of, because we can just put it on cruise control. We can come into a place where we get used to, okay, I know I not supposed to do these things, so let's not do those. And I know I probably need to be doing some of these things, so I'm going to try to do these things. And then we kind of clean up this little thing. You go, all right, good, I'm good. And then we're just cruising. And the problem is we get a little bored. We start pursuing the things that the world is pursuing. It starts putting, a, it starts getting on us. It starts, I, I need this or I need that or success is this and success is that. And we begin to just chase other things instead of chasing God who actually saved us and brought us into a relationship with him to actually go and do bigger and better things than we can think or imagine. And yet we've cornered ourselves in by becoming religious in the sense of I just do these things and I don't do those things. Because it's, it's human nature, if you will. It's human tendency. It has a lot to do with brain science and the, and the connections that we create in the neural pathways and the synapses we make to just return to a do this, do this, because I normally do this. I go to church every Sunday because that's what I'm supposed to do. What if, what if today all that changed? What if you moved one degree to the left? And you got a revelation, you got an understanding that I've just been in a total rut and I need to actually walk with God. Now, some of you guys strong with Jesus every day, being led in the Spirit, things are happening. It's awesome. Some of you are actually walking with Jesus and yet you're hitting up against walls and ceilings that are keeping you and you're going, what is going on? And I know you guys have been doing a series on spiritual warfare and what's going on in these heavenlies and there's spirit wars going on. And all that's great and that's true. But most of the time, the biggest war that's going on is in here. It's, this is our battle. What are the lies we believed? What, are the, where are the, what is the shame that we've been carrying around and we can't break out of? Because, see, we can be born again in an instant. But being cleaned up may take an entire lifetime. Getting sanctified, receiving the healing that we need from our hurts and our abuses and our neglect in the past, is, it sometimes takes a while. And it's sometimes like an onion being peeled back. And that's where the warfare really is, my friends, because we can be born again. And if we got a lot of junk in our trunk, we're going to hit those walls real quick and go, well, how come I'm not doing the things they're doing? How come when I pray for people, they don't get healed? How come when I'm walking around and I share the gospel, people go, here's the bird and take off? Some churches, I can give the bird, but I figured here, you guys are real close to me. You might tackle me. No bueno. You just keep it real. That's what happens when you're actually out loving people on purpose, 
when you're actually out trying to say, Jesus, what do you want to do? How do you want to move? What are you saying here? How are you? And I'm listening. Jesus says, I only do the things I see the Father doing. I only say the things I hear the Father say. That means he's intimate. He's got his head up against the breast of the Father. He's listening. He's tuned in. He's aligned. And when we tune in and when we align, all of a sudden, heaven starts flooding through us. And we start seeing a concentric uh, reaction in people's lives around us. They go, hold on. This is not what I signed up for. But tell me more. <laughs> because there's something there. I, 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 I'm feeling something here. So now I'm going to switch back to a young lady. An old, she's about 50, actually. I say young because I'm almost 50 now, so that makes me feel better. <laughs> and, and this lady, Genevieve, came to our church and was just hurting. She had gotten saved and joined a church, and the pastor was... Really, he was a brutal evangelist who'd never learned any pastoral skills. And she was afraid to even pray. And she said, Matt, Pastor Matt, I was like, you can just call me Matt. Like, Matt, can I pray? I'm like, of course you can pray. This is a prayer meeting. Ever been to a prayer meeting? You're not sure if you can pray or not? Like, yes. <laughs> I'm moving and said, you know what, I'm just going to go on home. I mean, if there's any place where we should be able to pray, it should be a prayer meeting, amen? <laughs> so so she, she starts growing. Over a course of a year, she grows and her faith starts growing. She starts walking with Jesus in a way and expanding and starts learning who she is in Christ and the shame and the guilt of all the bad and awful things that were done to her and then the things she turned around and did to others. All of a sudden, it starts getting cleaned up. To the point where she becomes this emboldened Christian, this emboldened, all fire for God, disciple of Jesus. And Genevieve comes to our evangelist training. And after we get finished training, I start teaching our evangelist on a monthly basis different aspects, different ways to, to get out and show the love of God in practical ways. And not just slap people over the head with a Bible. I don't really work too well in France, in case you didn't know. Our, the motto in France is, if it ain't Catholic, it's a cult. That's all it is to it. So don't bring anything that ain't Catholic. Now it's kind of like if it ain't Catholic or Muslim, it's a cult. <laughs> so I'd awful, almost be better off if I just told them I'm a Muslim uh, or a Catholic. I'd get better favor. But that's okay. Jesus is doing something in France too, amen? I mean, just so you know, Marseille is about 1% to 1.5% people on membership books at a Christian church. So in other words, you compare that to like Houston, uh, you know, it's a little bit different. A lot of people on the membership books at a, at a, at a church. So 2,500 people are official members of churches in a, in a city of 2 million people. Over one-third uh, Muslim in Marseille. All from Algeria, Tunisia, Morocco, some of those areas. So it's a huge strategic mission field to not just reach French people, but also reach in to the unreached group, people groups of, of, of North Africa. So, so here's Genevieve. She gets emboldened. She gets trained. I, I train them how to do treasure hunts, how to get together with a partner, pray, ask the Holy Spirit for signs and a person. So we do a category, where, the place. Like, like, give me a place. So all of a sudden they'll pray and they'll just feel like, I, I feel like I saw a green wall and, a, and, a, and like a red light and, a, and like some, some, some tile on the ground or something. Okay, let's write that down. And then they go to the next category and they go, all right, let's, let's think about the, 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 the appearance of the person that we're supposed to be looking for. And then they'll pray and God will show them the type of clothing they're wearing or hairstyle or something. And then it gets down to, okay, anything else that God's showing you. And then what's the message we're supposed to bring to this person? I mean, it gets fun. People don't see you coming. And then you say, hey, you know, we're doing this. We're doing this treasure hunt thing. We think you're our treasure hunt. I'm not doing a treasure hunt. No, 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 no. We think you're God's treasure. In fact, he gave us a message for you. Do you want it? Huh? Yeah, your sister-in-law has just been diagnosed with cancer, and she needs to be healed. <laughs> okay, can we pray for her? Oh, okay. All of a sudden, doors are open. Because if somebody who you don't know know all your business, that's just kind of freaky. So all of a sudden you have authority because you know something they don't know that you didn't know. That you know. Unless you didn't know it. I've already lost myself, huh? So don't try to follow me. And, and so 
all of a sudden, Genevieve gets so inspired by our outing, all these breakthroughs. And so she gets up one morning and she prays, says, God, I want to do a treasure hunt for you. And God gives her, you're going to you know, meet a lady in red pants, black shirt, dark hair. She's excited. She writes down this message God gives for her. Anybody ever had something like that happen to you? What we're talking about is lining up our thoughts with God's thoughts. Our ways with his ways. Humble submission. Lord, I just want to be a vessel to bring your kingdom, to bring your love, to bring your kindness to a people. And all of this is tied into spiritual warfare because the devil hates us walking with God. He is nonstop accusing our brothers to us. He's nonstop reminding of your, of your past. And what's even worse is sometimes it's not even your fault. It was stuff somebody else did to you, but yet he's pulling it up as if you did it. And he's going, see, aren't you ashamed of that? You'll never have intimacy. You'll never be vulnerable. You'll never have what they're talking about. It's all in the air. And unless we become a people of the Spirit, led by the Spirit, and empowered by the Spirit, we're not going to break through in this warfare. And that's why we have to be trained and equipped and be ready to be lined up with heaven to bring the kingdom of God. Because if we ain't bringing the kingdom of God, we're going backwards. There's no such thing as sitting in neutral. That was the old classic, S-I-N, sitting in neutral, sin. I always laughed hard at it because it just kind of sounded real classic uh, southern. But what I started thinking about is it's like when we turn around and we give our lives to Jesus, we get born again, it's like the river of the world is going one way, away from God. And it's like we turn the boat around and while we're going towards God and we get filled and powered by the Holy Spirit, the engine cranks on. We're no longer just rowing like this going, man, I'm getting tired. But we get the power of the Holy Spirit going in our lives and the gifts of the Spirit. All of a sudden, vroom, now we're moving. And all of a sudden, we're having progress. And all of a sudden, we get satisfied. Well, I've stopped doing these things. I've started doing these things. I've got things kind of lined up. It looks like this is kind of how where I need to be. And it's like we turn the motor off. Because if you're not advancing, the way the system of this world works and the, king, and the, and the devil's kingdom is it's always drifting away from God. And every step you take away from God, you'll have two or three voices telling you you're doing the right thing. Oh, I promise you, if you say, you know, that sounds good, Matt, have an intimate relationship with Jesus and, and actually pray for people in the streets and see the power of God be released. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? That's a little bit much for me. I'll stay over here. You'll find two or three people go, you know what? That is crazy. That dude's nuts, man. You'll, you'll walk out of this place by the time we're finished and you'll have two or three voices telling you, no, 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 no. <laughs> that guy's crazy. Everything he said is nuts. Don't do that. Just keep doing what you're doing. Because if you keep doing what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. Definition of an idiot. <laughs> keep doing the same old things, expecting different results. But see, when you want a breakthrough, something's got to change. Perspective's got to change. Angle's got to change. New look at things. I need somebody else to speak something into me. I need, I, I need prayer like never before. I need to get in God's word. I need to pray and, and you know what's funny about it is, is I believe all these obstacles, these walls, these ceilings, these, these, the need for breakthrough is God saying, come spend time with me. Come be my best friend. Come sit in my presence. Be intimate with you. It's, it's all a trick. Meeting with a 31-year-old the other day, and, he, and he's telling me, hey, Matt, tell me, the tell me the secret. He goes, I know what God got for me. How do I get him to hurry up? <laughs> Well, aren't we just using God to reach our own desires? And this is a brother who loves Jesus and is frustrated. He needs a breakthrough. You know what I told him? I said, the best way to hurry God up is just go sit with him. Spend time with him. Listen to him. Love on him. Let him love on you. Let him go deep. Let him start doing the spiritual soul and surgery that needs to take place to get you ready for the breakthrough he wants to bring you. Because see, sometimes we're looking for breakthrough, but we ain't ready for it. Because if we got what we believe we're supposed to have, we won't have the character to hold on to it for very long. How many of you can attest to that? I mean, we see that all over the culture. People get something they can't hold on to. I don't know about you, but that's just not really what I'm, I'm, I'm dreaming of. 
That's not God's dream for me. My God's dream for me is to have a great and intimate relationship with him. And as a result of me walking with Jesus and in love with Jesus and in prayer, all of a sudden life overflows on everyone and everything I do and everywhere I go. Because the Bible says, Jesus tells us to go therefore and make disciples. And what it means is in your going, go therefore and make disciples. It's not, hey, you know, on Tuesdays, I'm going to go make disciples. <clears throat> Let me put a plan together. I'm going to fly over to the Bahamas and I'm going to make disciples over there. No, no, in our going, in our day-to-day, in my, going to the grocery store, going to the mall, going to work, looking for where is God moving, lining up my thoughts. <clears throat> I'm conscious to what the Holy Spirit's saying, what he's doing, just like Jesus was walking on the earth. Romans 8 says we're being conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. That means we're supposed to look like him. We're supposed to talk like him. We're supposed to walk like him. He said, even greater things will you go on to do than what he did. Man, I don't know about you, but I hadn't resurrected anybody from the dead. I don't know about you, but there's a few things on the list that Jesus did that I still haven't gotten around to doing. Now, there could be somebody I prayed for from afar, and they resurrected from the dead, and the report just hadn't got back to me. (laughs) Okay, I got that. We'll believe that. You too, you too. You prayed for those things, and we don't know. One day we'll know it all. But as far as I'm, I can tell, Jesus actually resurrected Lazarus from the dead, and he saw it. <laughs> so that's what I'm believing for. So what is it that's holding us back in all this? Where is it? Where is it? It's this warfare to keep you locked down in your rejection and your fear, your greatest anxieties and fears that are bubbling up from abuse and neglect and all the junk in your trunk, and there ain't nobody who ain't got it. It's just different. It's just different for all of us. And so somebody gets saved and they can start running for Jesus and maybe they have a little more capacity because they weren't as beat up as you. That's okay because hope is alive and what God's gonna do in you through healing you up and cleansing you up and binding you up is actually gonna bring you into a great ministry that person could never speak to. It's all parts of the body working together, celebrating one another, honoring one another, happy, proud, go for it, bro. So when I grab these evangelists, coming back to my story about Genevieve, and I grab her, and I pull them, and I empower them, and then we say, now go get them done, and she gets a word of knowledge, and she walks out, and she's looking for this lady all day long, praying in the spirit, and then all of a sudden, she's like, it's not happened, God. I'm going to have to take Pepito for a walk now. And at the end of her day, she takes her little Pepito, who's her dog. We like Pepito. He's a good dog. They go for a walk in the dog park right before dark, and all of a sudden she runs into who know, you know who. Lady with red pants, black shirt, dark hair. Starts talking with her. Lady says, yes, I want to hear this message. Shares with her, you've been deeply rooted in bitterness and hurt and pain You've been seeking revenge and hurting people for years. And if you will turn to God, he will heal your heart, give you hope, and cleanse it all out and actually make you a testimony to all those people. Now, I don't know about you, but Genevieve coming from, can I pray at a prayer meeting to here's what God says to you to a random stranger is a pretty huge move. Even if the word hadn't been right, I'm still going, (laughs) dang. God has built up her confidence. God has done a work deep in her heart. But you know what? The If that's all it was, God's happy to do that for us. But the bonus, the cherry on the top is that, and then it works. <laughs> and then he uses us. And she wouldn't have been able to do that a year before. But she allowed the surgery of the Lord. She allowed God's presence. She started getting filled with the presence daily. She started declaring who she was in Christ. Bringing the word of God into action in her life. She started trusting God, dealing and getting vulnerable with her anxieties and her stress and her greatest fears and even her abuses and neglects from the past. And all of a sudden, a, a, a woman who was afraid got vulnerable and got healed, became a bold evangelist. And this woman, Valerie, gets radically saved in the middle of the dog park, bawling her eyes out, fell into Genevieve's arms and goes, it's all true. I mean, God. And gives her life to Christ. What's glorious about it is that then you fast forward two weeks, 
she comes to church. Well, the following Sunday, she comes to church and she cries the entire service. I mean, I don't see a lot of people crying here during worship, but this is kind of the norm for our church. We have a weeping church. No, it's the visitors coming in and the French don't have a place to categorize the presence of God. Because secularism and secular humanism especially has kicked all religion out of any state and government issues, especially education. So they grew up only with a scientific method figuring things out. And all of a sudden you bring in presence of God, the Holy Spirit, worship, where people are actually engaged with God. They just sit there. They try to sing, but they can't even sing. And they weep. And she wept the entire service. I said, what are you, are you okay at the end of the service? She goes, God was showing me all the people I wronged. Now, she'd been saved five days. Nobody even told her God wants to clean you up. And she said, all I could do is just say, I'm so sorry, God. I'm so sorry for that person. I'm sorry what I did. And she's sitting there repenting one person after that until the end of the service. She gets, I'm starting to feel better, but I think there's, the, the list goes on. I was like, just keep, just let God do that. Just keep going after that. She says, but my boyfriend thinks I'm in a cult now. I said, you, you got saved five days ago, and he's already thinking you're a cult. I said, oh, well, it's France. <laughs> Ain't Catholic, it's a cult. So here he comes, getting dragged in the next Sunday. Mm. I can see he's looking for, who's this cult leader? <laughs> hey, that'd be me. How you doing there, buddy? <laughs> Want a cup of coffee? We haven't put anything in it, you know. Greatest fear of French people, you messing, manipulating. And so he, he comes, he sits in the back, and you know what my message was that Sunday? Experiencing the Holy Spirit through worship and prayer and the gift of tongues. It happened to be the same Sunday. We've been praying for these two women, for their husbands to get saved for two years, and it's the only Sunday they've ever come to church. Ain't that like God to kind of do something like that? So, well, if, they, if you're going to think we're a cult, I guess this is the moment it's all going to be confirmed. Shaka bamba ba. So, we get finished with worship. I get finished preaching. And I said, Jesus, we need you. We just ask you to baptize. If you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you want to get filled, refreshed, this is a day. Every day we need to get baptized fresh and new. Lift your hands to Jesus and just, and I went for it. I look up and there's Laurent, Valerie's boyfriend. <laughs> He's just like this. I'm like, I, maybe he didn't know he didn't have to. He felt obligated. I was like, confusion is in the air. So then, so then at the end, he closes all that. He comes walking down the front. He goes, I said, hey, did you have a good time? Wouldn't, were we too crazy? He goes, uh, will you pray for me? I said, are they putting you up to this? <laughs> he kind of goes, yeah, but I think I do want you to pray for me. I goes, okay. So I grabbed Raphael, one of my French guys I've been discipling, mentoring. I said, Raphael, gonna pray for him. And then I just hit him right in the chest. I'm joking. Um, <coughs> Smith Wigglesworth. <laughs> and then I kicked him in the groin, and he was down. No, um, I did pray for him, though. I'm sorry. This is my wife keeps telling me, stop joking. If she was here, she'd be sitting up here in, in complete, utter, dealing with her shame issues. Just, I'm so embarrassed. My husband is. So here's what happened. I pray, and the Lord drops one word in my spirit. You're an honorable man. Honorable, honorable. And I just began to just follow that as the Holy Spirit gives me. You're an honorable man. You like for, when you say something, you like to be there. When you do this, you, you like respecting people. You've always, and you got that from your dad. So it just keeps leading. And your dad was an honorable man. He was like this. Da, da, da. And then he's, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then I go, and here's what else God is saying. That as much as your dad was good on that side, you could never please him. And you spent all your life trying to make your dad say, I'm proud of you. <laughs> he starts bawling like a baby. And I begin to minister about the unconditional love of our heavenly father. He never heard anything like that in his life. He's bawling. I preach the gospel and Laurent gets saved. 
He goes, I'm so, what just happened? I don't know what, what happened. And he's so just confused. Like, you just gave your life to Jesus. You're, the presence of God is really thick on you. I, it's something you've never experienced. He goes, I can I just go on the terrace and, and take a break and think about it all? I was like, sure, Roth, take him out on the terrace. So they go out there. Later on, Roth said, he smoked three cigarettes in 10 minutes. I said, he was on fire, baby. My <laughs> brother was like, what just happened? <laughs> Something happened to me. I said, praise Jesus, man. He could have smoked something else. I just thought, hey, take the better end of this deal. But he was so just blown away, has no place to put this. I, he says, I said, Ralph, get his phone number, follow up with him. He goes, okay. He, Ralph says, he didn't give me his phone number. He's, he's a little freaked out. He's like, this has never happened for the poor guy. I said, man, we're going to have to pray him in, man. So every day, Ralph and I are praying for him. About two weeks later, he shows up in church. And he comes in, he goes, hey! And he starts hugging me and everybody in the church. The joy of the Lord. I said, man, he got it, Ralph. He's, he's on fire. He loves Jesus. And I look behind him, and there he is. He brought a woman to church and her two kids. And you know where she comes from? Algeria. A Muslim. And this lady comes into church. Thanks for letting me come. She sits in a pew, and as soon as we start worshiping, <laughs> she weeps the entire service. You know her, her reaction was? She came down to the front at the end and said, I wanted to say thank you, Pastor. I have never experienced anything like this in all my life. Would you please allow me to come back? That was what she wanted. She just wanted to come back. I said, absolutely. And then I introduced her to another believer who was from Algeria, another lady who was, used to be Muslim, met her and began to share her testimony with her. That was the Sunday before I left, about a week and a half ago. Her name is Selma. And so all of a sudden, God reminded me of that word Jim Lafoon gave me. It's going to be a chain reaction of salvation events. And all of a sudden, boom, in like five Sundays, there are all these people starting to come in. And then we, we're having a breakthrough in another place too. Why? Spiritual warfare, praying, intercession teams in place. We're calling down the, the heavenlies. We're doing that work. But we're also rejecting everything the devil has put in our head and in our minds and in our past that he's beating us up with. Genevieve, you're in three months ago. Never would have lit up a chain reaction of salvation events she dealt with her junk. She became vulnerable. Now that's really the key. James 4.8 tells us if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. First Chronicles 14 talks about the Lord of the breakthroughs. He's not the Lord of a breakthrough. He's the Lord of multiple breakthroughs. It's what he loves doing. It's bringing you a breakthrough breaking the walls down that you might walk in the fullness the full reason for which he created you the ceilings that you felt that keep you down that you're like i can't get beyond this he wants to break them open and bring you in to a new level what am i talking about i'm talking about intimacy with god and you know what for that to happen three things are going to have to happen i will remind you of this story i told first service about a guy named Arn Wynn. Arn Wynn was a motivational speaker around 1900. And Arn Wynn, he, he would inspire people to go for it and believe their dreams and live their dreams. And one time he was doing a, a, a seminar in a, in a big giant circus tent. And the, the trapeze artists were like, yeah, that's great. Bunch of mumbo jumbo positivity. If you really believe it, go up to the top of that thing, 100 feet up and swing across and grab the bar and show us you ain't afraid. Show us you can, we can really live these dreams and we can actually do things. And Arden Wim was like, oh boy, I just got pulled. I, ooh. But you know, he's stuck. Like you go out on a limb, you know, because that's how faith is spelled, R-I-S-K. And he climbs all the way to the top. He's looking down. People look like the size of an ant. He's sweating. <laughs> like crazy, not the good thing to do with your hands. <laughs> About to grab a bar 100 feet up in the air. <laughs> and, and he's like, oh, I got to make this. I got to do this. And they said, we're going to throw the bar and we'll tell you when to, when to leap out. And then you grab the other bar. 
So he hears the count, three, two, one, go. So he jumps and he's swinging. And just as he sees the other bar coming and he's about to reach out, in one moment he said, I had three revelations. The first revelation, if we could put it on there. You have to let go of some things in order to grab hold of others. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of you got some stuff you've been holding on to long, way too long. Allowing the devil to beat you down with it. Because it's become like a, a crutch. It's become a part of your body. You just go, but this has always been my crutch. I love my crutch. My crutch, it's part of my personality. It's who I am. It's how God made me. Because that's what happens. It all starts with little bitty things. They get warped way out down the line. Like my friend, uh, Scott Dolly, a golfer. And one time I was, I was working on my swing and I went to this coach and he said, do it like this, that, that, that. He changed it off. And I go, well, now that just feels funky. That don't feel right. But the ball went straighter, longer, and I had an improved swing. Because I've been practicing the wrong thing for so long, the wrong thing starts feeling right. And I had to actually have somebody twist my hips, poke this here and go there. And I felt like I was like this, but I was actually, and I mean, I look better than Tiger Woods, I'll just be honest. Um, but it actually was the right thing, even though it felt wrong. And it take, took a while to get used to what right feels like. And you know, so many of us, we got the jacked up swing, and man, we're so proud to go out golfing. And if only you could see the video of how dumb your swing looks, how silly it is, and how unproductive. This is what God's doing in this hour. He's got breakthrough for you. He, you don't need to see a video of it. You just need to say, I need help. I need help, Jesus. I'm not, I, I can't go on like this. I know I'm up against walls. I know you're going to have to let go of some of these old things. You're going to have to let go of that old swing. Second revelation Arden Wynn had was it's easier to stay where you are. Isn't that the truth? It's always easier to stay where you are. But as I said earlier, there's the drift. You think you're staying where you are, but you're going backwards. Third revelation he had, you don't have forever to decide. That's why the Bible says the Old Testament is repeated in the New Testament. Today is the day of salvation. Because today is the day when you can make a decision and there is like a Kairos moment of the heavenlies lining up with earth. And he says, now decide, bam, my grace is sufficient and you have your breakthrough. You, when you do what Jesus is telling you to do, when you obey the voice of the Lord and you flow in his obedience, he brings the breakthrough you need. But the end result is more intimacy with him. And all the breakthroughs don't mean as much. But they were necessary. But what he wanted was you, our hearts. And today I know I'm standing here in front of wonderful people doing great things in this city. Some of you people are serving here, serving there, doing wonderful things. And I'm not even acting like I'm better than anybody. But what I do know is that wherever you're at, there's somewhere new for you to go today. There's a one degree shift. There's a head tilt that needs to happen. There's a perspective change that God wants to bring. And when it comes, it's like the floodgates are released. One shift, one turn of the head, everything changes. Will we seek his face? Will we draw near to God? Because when God draws near to us, whew, things start happening. Things start happening. Can you stand with me today and pray? Jesus, I thank you that you are the God of the breakthroughs. You are the Lord. You are the, the one who brings about that which we cannot bring about ourselves. And Lord, you know all the walls we're up against. Different people are struggling with rejection and anxiety and stress. Looking at how their life's balanced. Am I doing the right thing? Am I doing too many things? Not enough. We're, there's things people struggling with all kinds of stuff here, Jesus. There's people here who are fighting off death wishes. You've broken free. I see somebody who's broken free from those death wishes, but it's like recently they started coming back, started trying to get back in there, trying to break into your life. You know what? Today is the day of the breakthrough for you. That thing ends now. The cycle ends now. The, the brain synapses 
and neural pathways. Jesus is Lord of those two. Nothing is impossible for our Jesus. All things are possible to him who believes. God has designed divinely for some of you today to have this kind of spiritual warfare break out in your life and defeat your enemies. Today is the day. Today's your day. Some of you are thinking, I've, I've been wanting to ask for help for something. I've been wanting to get a pastor to speak to me. I, I, I've been needing to get vulnerable. I've been hiding some things and I really need help. You know what? There's no shame. There's the body of Christ. There ain't nobody here that doesn't need any help. The worst state we could live in is, is, is being afraid of that which actually God, of God's goodness. <laughs> I promise you, you step forward, God will meet you there. There's some of you, today is a great day of demarcation. And I'm not gonna, we're not gonna play around any games. You believe, man, what you're saying, you hit on something. Matt, you hit on that, you know, I didn't even talk about the double-mindedness, the double-souledness, but you're, 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 you're wavering, you're struggling, you're trying to, and it's like you're caught in a river. You, you just, what's going on? And you need a breakthrough. I want you to just come down here and fill this area. We can have our prayer warrior team. Come on. But I want you to come down here. Just get real. If you can't stand in a room full of people who love you, you won't get your breakthrough in a world full of demons who are just constantly attacking you left and right. So come on down here right now. Just come down here and get prayer. Get prayer. Today is your day of breakthrough. There is no shame. Jesus, I need breakthrough. Jesus, I want, I want a new start. Some of you may need to give your life to Jesus for the first time. Maybe you've been on a religious roller coaster discovering God. And today's the day. Get off the dang roller coaster. All in for Jesus. 100%. He's worthy of it. Amen. Amen. There's a couple more of you that need to come down here. And God's, I just sense God is saying, you come down here, it's like an act of humility, and his grace will get released on you. Thank you, Jesus. You are a great and mighty God. And you bring great and mighty breakthroughs to our lives. And Lord, we bless the work of your hand in our lives. And we say, Jesus, may every wall my past, my past sin, the sins that were committed against me, may they all be broken down. May the truth of your word invade my heart, flood me like the floodwaters of the armies of the Lord just rushing in, filling me up, replacing the lies with the truth of your word. That would be breaking through all of the darkness, the dark nights of the soul the deep thoughts late at night, not being able to sleep because the, the thoughts are swimming in the head and they won't leave. The shadow of death hovering over you in, in the night season. We say no to the spirit of death. Jesus came to bring life and life more abundantly. And we declare life, 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 and life more abundantly in our walks with Jesus Christ today. Hope is on the rise, not death, hope. Jesus, break the chains, break the cycles, bring in your, your power, the blood of Jesus over the neural pathways and over the synapses. And thank you, you reset new cycles and patterns of thinking and believing that we would be able to honor you and bless you. And that we would have a breakthrough, that even as you said, you would enlarge in our tents. You told us to stretch forth our tent pegs, break it forth. We have to act, we've got to push those Pull those tent packs out today, says the Lord. Pull them out, stretch them out. I will stretch your tent. I will add what you need. Jesus, humility brings the oil that stretches every one of our, every one of our wine containers, every one of those, les autres in French, I can't remember the word in English, wineskins. The humility of just saying, Jesus, help me. The brother preached it earlier. I cry out, God. I cry out, God. I'm not too proud. 
I'm not too proud to say I need Jesus to come in. There's some of you guys see family situations. There is conflict in your family. Somebody's died recently. There's inheritance fights. And Jesus wants to come and be Lord of that and give you wisdom. Ask him. Ask him, sir. He is the God who will give wisdom. But you've got to ask. You've got to pull the tent pegs out. You've got to stretch it and say, Jesus, be glorified here. But bless these people. Bless them with breakthrough. Bless them with the breakthrough that you want to bring them. Lord, that they'd be able to make the shift. They'd be able to see how you're moving. Even just a head tilt. That head tilt. Lord, just thank you that you're coming to this man's mind. I thank you you're bringing him the breakthrough that he needs. The shift to the left. It's almost as if there's boxes blocking the door. Bro, I can see the boxes have been piled up behind the door. And it's like the enemy's doing everything he can to keep you from opening that door. And it's like you're going, I'm trying to open it. Well, right now, I just pray, Lord, let the anointing and the power of the presence of Jesus lift your hands to the Lord and ask him for some power. Ask him for some power. You, you don't have to be ashamed of it. I need your power, God. I don't want to be locked into this room with all those boxes blocking it. The devil's got some real junk on you, and he's been torturing you, bro. He's been picking at you, trying to keep you pinned in. And today is your day of breakthrough, my friend. God's got great things for you. It's like you see it, you smell it, and you just keep tapping up against it, and it's just not happening. But that's what God wants to do. But it's going to take you going, I need your power. I need your presence. Are you ready for that? Why don't you lift your hands and say, Jesus, fill me up. I need everything you've got. Oh, Jesus, fill my heart. Clean out all the unbelief. Clean out all the, the double-mindedness, all the wish-washiness. I need your presence and your power. I'll do whatever it takes. I trust you, Jesus. You're my Lord and my Savior. I repent of all my sinful ways, doing things my way, and I'm surrendered to you now, Jesus. Whatever you want, in Jesus' name. Lord, I just thank you for the anointing that's on this man, the things that you've called him to do, the places you've called him to go, the things that you've, this man is called to be a breakthrough artist. Lord, I just sense God's got an anointing on your life that he's going to teach you and train you how to bring breakthrough. It's not what I'm doing. It's a different kind of breakthrough. It's an economical breakthrough. It's a, it's a, it's a governmental, economical breakthrough anointing God wants to bring you into. But he wants to teach you how to do it by his spirit and not by the ways of the world. Because you're called to be a light in the midst of the darkness. You're called to be a, a someone who shines in a place where people don't normally shine. Jesus is going to give you wisdom and strategies as you get filled up with his presence and his power. You become intimate with him, and he's going to open up those doors. He's going to make it happen. You don't have to chase it. You can allow people to call you and rest in his joy, rest in his presence. Lord, I just thank you for this couple. Lord, bless them as they seek your face. Cause them to know your ways. Their thoughts will be your thoughts, and your ways will be your ways. In Jesus' name. possible for our God. Though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil. When I was 10 years old, I was faced with a decision whether I was going to jump off a high dive or not. It was the craziest decision of my life. Everybody was going up there and freezing and then they'd come back down. And I was like, if I ever go up there, I got to jump off because I can't deal with the shame and the embarrassment of not doing it. I waited and I waited and I calculated my day and one day I said, I'm doing it. I walked up there as a 10-year-old and I came up to the edge and I looked over and it was like fear gripped my heart. And I don't know if you've ever experienced that before, but it just froze me. And I just was frozen, but in a split second, I knew I have to, I have to do this now. I gotta jump now or I'm gonna be stuck in a life cycle of fear. And as a 10-year-old, I recognized it and just ah, jumped for it. And I didn't die, as you can tell today. But God taught me something. Later on in life, he brought me back to that. He said, you set in motion something that would cause you to be somebody who confronts fear every time you see it in your life. And you know what? I ain't, God, I've never been afraid. 
But it's something that said, don't let it rest there. Don't let it stay there. Don't let it park its car in my garage. You get yourself out of here, fear. And that spirit of fear wants to freeze us today. And he wants to break people out of that fear, that frozenness. It's like you know you've got destiny. You know you're called for great things. But that fear has locked you down. God wants to break it off of you today. Confrontation. Confrontation. Tell it to get the heck out of your life. You've got fear issues. You're, you know it. Listen, there's no shame. There's no shame in this place. Grab a sister. Grab a brother. Tell him. Grab somebody right now. Tell them something that you think God's speaking to you. We're gonna, I know Chris is going to come up and, and close, but before he does, grab a partner real quick and tell them something God's spoken to you today, something you've become aware of. Come on. It's called group participation, everybody. Tell them something God's done, and then pray a blessing over them. Pray their breakthrough over them. What's God shown you today? What's he taught you? If anything, if you need prayer, you want to come down here. There's still a couple of prayer warriors here. They're, they're still waiting. We'll break that cycle of fear off your life. Confront these things. Come on. Come on. Don't let fear win. Don't let that. It's just a small little devil. He ain't even got any teeth. All he's got is lies and deception. He ain't even worth your time. The Bible says, perfect love casts out fear. Love relationship with Jesus. Intimacy with the Father. <laughs> yes, Lord. Breaking it off. Breaking it off. Cycles broken. Breakthrough. The Lord of the breakthroughs is our Lord. <laughs> from breakthrough to breakthrough. From glory to glory. From faith to faith. We walk with our God and we see him do mighty and amazing things because we're intimate and we know our God. And those who know their God will do mighty exploits. It's not a, a question. It's not an if. Those who know their God will do mighty exploits. God bless you. It's been great being with you. And may the Lord of the breakthroughs continue to bring your breakthroughs day after day, all week long. Amen.